are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, everyone, and thanks for keeping the Locked On Wildcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. All right, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, U of A basketball right here because uh, Schuster has some questions. I might have some answers. I don't know that I have the answers, but we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton and what he needs to do to become the best U of A Wildcat ever to join – or. In the NBA ranks. This is one of the things that I kind of wanted to uh, bounce off of you after the Sun series went negatively the way that it did, and Aiton struggled uh, down the stretch. Immensely, for sure. Yeah, immensely down the stretch. And because if you remember, the way that the playoffs were setting up and the Suns were winning, Aiton was dominant, and then Aiton did a really good job in the early portion of the Milwaukee series, and it's 2 0, and we're already starting to make plans for the parade. Okay, you see in Tucson, oh boy, Aiton jerseys everywhere because there is not a Suns fan base that is more loyal historically. <laughs> than, the worst. Than, by uh, the way, I have a really good friend that does a lot of uh, thrift shopping. Uh, you should follow her on Instagram, Kukita's Closet. And uh, she was uh, going around looking uh, today. She found so many Suns shirts, jerseys everywhere. <laughs> Everybody just just bailed in. instantly. Huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's just welcome sure. to Tucson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, I know you're a list guy, and we get into these conversations every now and then mm-hmm. about the best. And you you have a guy in Aiton. You've talked about his physicality on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. How he came on con, uh, how he came on campus, and nobody's ever looked like him. And he's certainly shown that he has that kind of impact potential in the NBA. And he's still very young and has a lot of growing to do. Um, so I guess. I've got two questions for you. Let's start, let's table what Aiton has to do to be at the top of the list and start with who is at the top of the list. Wildcat basketball players, Wildcat alumni who have gone on to the NBA, your list from, let's say, one, two, three is what? Um, You and I might be a little bit different on this. When I think of the best U of A Wildcat basketball players ever, there's two names that come to mind. Uh, The first is Gilbert Arenas. Um, I get that he was a... What I would refer to as a shooting star. A supernova. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Gilbert Arenas at his apex is hands down the best U of A basketball player ever. It's not close. There's nobody that's ever approached dude averaged 30 points a game in the NBA. Bruno, come on. (laughs) <laughs> Bruno, the real expert here, is debating whether he wants to get on the couch Give or, an not, idea. or is debating whether he wants me to pass. No U of A. We'll opt for the latter option. No yes. U of A yes, player has ever made an all-NBA team. This mm-hmm. dude's made three. Okay. Okay. There was a legitimate discussion back in the day as to who's the, real, who's the best scoring guard in the NBA. Is it Dwayne Wade? Is it Gilbert Arenas? I know that sounds crazy, but you can go back. You can look at Sports Illustrated. Everything. This guy is averaging 30 points a game against the best players in the world, period. Gilbert Arenas is the apex of any U of A player ever. To me, the greatest career is Jason Terry. Now, you're going to disagree with me, I think, a little bit on this, and that's cool. That's why I have you on every uh, episode. Jason Terry, to me, and again, I realize Andre Iguodala is the finals MVP. Jason Terry, to me, though, is 
has the best career because the guy averages for for about eight seasons between 18 to 20 points a game but more so than anything when the chips are down jason terry is a team or a guy that his team is getting the ball to and saying get out of the way we need you to score and as Charles Barkley always says, and I believe Charles Barkley is actually a genius when it comes to basketball. I know some people hate his predictions, whatever. Charles Barkley always says one thing. When it comes to basketball, I can find guys that can defend. I can find guys that can, you know, facilitate. It's very rare that I can find a guy when the ball is in your hands going down at the end of the game that, get out of the way and let him get buckets that's jason terry and jason terry has shown that t- two different times when he was in 2006 against the miami heat coincidentally he averaged 22 points a game in the nba finals he was their best player it wasn't dirk 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 kind of i don't want to say choke but dirk did embrace the moment 2011 dirk won the finals mvp as he should have but Jason Terry's averaging 23 points a game and shooting 50% from the field and Jay, or and LeBron James having to chase him everywhere. And he was the difference maker that Nowitzki maybe didn't have in that first series. In addition to Nowitzki growing up. For sure. They yes. had two guys who to you me had to try to, to stop to me who had di- both matured. Yes. To me it's different peak. when a guy gets the ball and he's putting the ball in the basket. <clears throat> as opposed Now, Andre Iguodala, I agree with you as third. Great defender. Kind of a jack of all trades. I actually thought when he left the U of A, he was the most physically talented player that I've seen. I mean, you you were See, this, this, you were this closer. Is, at the this is interesting, and where and, and and I think your um, your argument about Arenas is very mm-hmm. compelling. I I would tend to put Iguodala ahead of Arenas, only for reasons that I can't really explain. I completely forget how good Arenas Arenas was, and I feel like Arenas was in this. Instantaneous block, but it was of time. a little bit longer and, than you're giving and prob- it credit and you're probably for. It's right. about five and years, and you're probably right. And, and and that's a, that's a that's a legitimate block of time. And 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 you know it didn't help that he played on the Wizards and was kind of you know buried across country and the rest of it. But I would my instinct is Terry Iguodala and your argument about Arenas. You say some variation of Terry Arenas Iguodala, perfectly fine. Okay, the greater question, and maybe this is a question that we should ultimately address on the other side, getting down to the, uh, you know, get, getting down to the nitty-gritty, you've got a guy who I think you believe has a chance to be, to set the new standard for U of A alumni at the NBA level, and that guy is DeAndre I, Ayton. I, I do. Okay, so I guess the question out there is what do you believe he has to do, and for how long does he have to do it, to usurp some variation of Terry Arena Iguodala to get to that point. Well, let me, let me throw this back at you first. You've watched all of the greats at the U of A. Again, not Bob Elliott, Eric Money. I get all that. But you've seen the majority. Bob Elliott, by, by the way, is, as a brief aside, I, go ahead. Is, that, the most, that. is the most underappreciated Arizona Wildcat at this school. Uh-huh. The end. It's not even close. And, 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 I, and I don't get... Why he's com- relatively lost in in it's kind of kind of like a a cult hero, but nobody really wants to yeah. touch it. And it's like if you if you just look at his numbers, the reality of how he has been largely overlooked in the annals of Arizona basketball just constantly perplexes me. Mm-hmm. But that's not this conversation. This conversation is 
DeAndre Ayton has the physical gifts to maybe be the best of the Wildcat alums once his pro career is concluded. So what is it going to take ultimately for him to get there? Maybe that's something that should be discussed, you know. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break, but we also want to. Yeah, we got about ten minutes to talk about that. Let's talk about BetOnline.ag. They don't have a betting line on DeAndre Ayton, but you know what? If they did, if you wanted to bet on him being the first pick back in about 2018, uh, well, uh-huh. BetOnline.ag has you covered right there. And we're going to talk about this a little bit on the other side. Thanks for keeping a locked on Wildcats. I'm going to throw a question to John Schuster. John Schuster is actually, there's not a lot of people that I trust more when it comes to Arizona basketball than myself. (laughs) Than yourself. That's exactly what it should be. You should just stop there. The only person who I really trust when it comes to Wildcat basketball, and that's the reason I'm doing the Locked On Wildcat Sports Podcast, is Mike Luke. Mike Luke is the only person, I'm actually doing my Mike Luke impression right now. Mike Luke is the only person I trust when it comes to knowledge about Wildcat basketball. But... BS aside, John Schuster is one of them. You're very nice. I am going to ask you right now. Mm-hmm. Who's the most talented player you've ever seen at the University of Arizona? Just from a combination of wow. physicality, athleticism, everything. And I know you hate Wiz. Uh, I do hate Wiz, but, but Mike who, Bibby's what, pretty good. Okay, fair enough. Is it Mike Bibby? Yeah. Okay, Probably fair enough. Mike All right. Mike Bibby Mike or Bibby. Uh, DeAndre? The, uh, Aiton is ridiculous. Is is physically gifted at a ridiculous. You would agree level. with Brian on the Jeffries, inside, by the way. yeah, probably. On on the inside, I like to. I think Lauren. I I'm disappointed Lauren Woods didn't know the pro career well, Bra- that he did. Brad Alice has a different um, recollection certain, of you, and that's something that when you uh, get Brad back on the show, he can try to explain because I'm still perplexed. Brad was kind of cool the last what, time I had him on. Though, that's so. good about whatever it is that Brad says. I said about Lauren Woods, but I think Lauren Woods is very good. I think Brian Williams was obviously very good, and to Brian Williams' credit. Later, by Bison Daly's credit, his pro career was good too. No doubt, it's it's another one that kind of gets you know lost in, in in the ether for some reason, and 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 I guess it depends on how you were conditioned to be a Wildcat fan because you have this weird Arizona under Lute Olson didn't have a bunch of NBA All-Stars, but had a bunch of guys that every roster wanted to have, and they all had 12-year careers, mm-hmm. it seemed. Uh, They're all really solid. That's why I put Gilbert Arenas kind of in this weird category, because Gilbert Arenas was the the only one that wasn't a fringe All-Star that was like, he was that dude. I mean, we would never... And, and, and it's a really interesting area. And maybe Aiton is the one guy who has the potential to balance the two. But if you think of it, I mean... We never talk about Bushler. We never talk about Kerr. We never talk about really well, we Channing shouldn't. Fry. Well, we I shouldn't. mean, my They're point is, but, but but my point is that these are guys who had twelve-year careers. So mm-hmm. so the conditioning element here is these are these are guys who kind of came out of nowhere and because of the upbringing with Arizona were coveted players who made a crap load of money in all the right. league. Well, right. Now I don't for a second think that in the that that Channing Fry or Judd Bushler or Steve Kerr, from a player standpoint, belong in the top three or the top six or maybe even the top eight of Arizona Wildcat alum. But I, I, I'm constantly—my point is I'm, I'm impressed with their longevity, that teams wanted them, and they were in the league for so much longer than you'd anticipate based on All right, here, when they me, got here. Let me here, rephrase. That you'd right, think me, they should be. Mike Bibby is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I never saw Sean Elliott. Okay. And Elliott's excellent, too. I would assume. 
Mike Davies is the best player I've ever seen at the University of Arizona. Okay. And I always go back to what Brian said, and I think this is a very good point. Nobody controlled a game like Mike Vivi. DeAndre Ayton certainly didn't. Nobody else did. Mike Vivi is the best player in an Arizona uniform that I have ever seen. Period. Okay. To quote Rob Lance, full stop. <laughs> okay. So let's move from full stop on to... But the, the most physically gifted, gifted person I have ever seen by a mile... Is DeAndre Ayton. And it's not close. Fair enough. And it's not okay. close. Okay. And we have seen Ayton in his early stages with Arizona, uh, rather with Phoenix, mm-hmm. be a have the potential and sometimes actually be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. So what do you think he needs to do, and for how long does he need to do it to usurp either Arenas or Terry, in your opinion, to be either among the best or the best Wildcat alum to ever play in the NBA? I think it's a two-part question. First of all, I think that he's got to get his mind right. And I think you would agree with that. I did not like how he shrunk from the moment in those NBA Finals at all. I loved how he played up to that. I also think the Suns need to feature him. I And I've said this from day one. I don't like when you have a big man. Because anybody who's played basketball at any kind of level knows that big men are different. You rely on the ball. That's where your confidence comes from. That's where your strength comes what from. What do you mean you rely on the ball? If I, if, if you're I'm, a guard, you have to feed the inside guy to keep him involved. If in I'm game. used to being the best player out there, okay, and you know what, I don't get the ball for 20 minutes. I kind of wander. I kind of you just I, drift. A I do bit. my own okay. thing. You know what? Oh. I know you need me. I'm not. I'm not making an excuse, but I'm used to getting the ball. If I don't get the ball. It becomes it becomes more of an issue for me then because I'm used to getting the ball, so therefore I get the ball after 10 minutes of not getting the ball and you want me to make a bank shot? It becomes a lot more difficult at that point because everything, I don't have a fluidity at that point. I'm getting the ball and, you know, it's, I'm short, I'm short rimming it. I'm doing all of that stuff. And so offensively, I thought the Suns misused him all season. He's not, a, he's not just strictly a pick-and-roll guy. He's not just strictly a, you know what, just run to the basket and catch a dunk type thing. You're messing with a guy's confidence because you've seen him, I've seen him. This is not a guy that should just be rim-running and getting 10 points a game, period, just off like dunks and alley-oops. Now, your point about how he shrunk against in the defensive side is fair. Now, the only caveat I would give you is that he's playing against Giannis, who's you could make a case of the best player in the world at this point. I get that. But he was out of position. He lacked his confidence. This is a guy, though, that every third time down the court, period, I I need to give the ball to him. And how do you get him the ball? Do you have him posting up on the inside I, yes, and you just I, feed him? I, and then what is he doing? Whether, is he making a move? Is he taking a 10-footer? Whether he, is he whether, kicking it back out? Whether he's posting up or whether he is getting the ball from 16 feet, he has to have the ball. I can't have 10 straight possessions where he doesn't touch the ball, period. Because, again, he's 22 years old. He's not used to not having the ball. I'm asking for trouble. And in all fairness to me, and, again, I could still be wrong on this, I told you this from day one that they're not utilizing him enough. They're making him more of a kind of a stationary, you know, pick and pop type guy. And when I first watched, when I first saw him at Arizona, I thought I was looking at a guy that had David Robinson type potential. 
Now, again, David Robinson is probably one of the 10 best centers to ever walk. That might be hyperbole. But you watch how he moves. You watch how he's built. You watch his skill set. This is a guy that should be averaging 20 and 10, bare minimum, when he walks out onto the court. And so when Monty Williams, who did a great job, not saying he didn't, but when Monty Williams says, you know what, our entire thing this year was to get him focused on defense and then we're going to focus him on offense next season, that's where you lose me. Because, dude, you're, you've got Chris Paul, who next year's promised to nobody. You've got Devin Booker. You've got DeAndre Ayton. You've got to make sure that he is an integral part of what you're doing right there. Because Chris Paul, we don't know that Chris Paul is coming back. One number one, we don't know that Chris Paul is going to be Chris Paul next year, and so this whole thing about well, we're playing with house money, I always thought was kind of BS. To be honest with you, um, my first thing is I've got to I've got to involve him because I mean I've seen this at a much 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 lower level when big men don't get the ball, they lose confidence, they lose focus, they lose uh, interest. They lose interest exactly, and I thought I thought the Suns did a disservice all year. Again, the Suns drastically outperformed expectations, but at the same time, okay. If 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 Aiton makes progress on the offensive end, what is the baseline for him? What is his requirement to be better than Terry, or better than Arenas in your mind to be the number be one a, Arizona Wild? You'll, you'll know at the minute you see it. You'll know it the minute you see it. It's it's kind of like, and I'm not comparing him to Shaq. That's not what I'm saying. But you'll know it the second you see it. Like when you watch Shaq, what was crazy about it, Kobe Bryant's one of the 10 best players to ever play basketball. But when you watch those Kobe and Shaq teams, you knew that it was Shaq's team. You knew that he was different than everybody out there. You just saw it immediately. If DeAndre Aiden ever gets that spark, that, that movement, You'll just know it. I can't really like tell you what to look for. You'll just know it. You'll be looking at it and be like, oh, sh- shoot. DeAndre Ayton just had 27 points and 18 rebounds. But he's capable. He's capable of that. And I'm going to use the same. And I'm going to end on this. And I'm going to give you the last mo- last moment here. Brian, Brian Jeffries, like I said, who I respect a great deal because he's not full of hyperbole. And he said... For those who aren't aware, he's the play-by-play guy for the Wildcats. Right. He always said, he's like, everybody talks about Sean Elliott. I watch Sean Elliott courtside. I get it. To me, if I'm having to choose a team for one game, I'm choosing Mike Bibby. Get it. I mean, there's probably about 10% of people that would agree with Brian. I agree with Brian, even though I never saw Sean Elliott. But he did say, he said, but hands down the most awe-inspiring player I ever saw here was DeAndre Ayton by a mile. And he said, it's not even close. I don't even know who the, who the second person would be. So that's what we're dealing with from a potential perspective here. And you saw it in the first game when he had 22 and 21 against the best player in the world at this point in Giannis. I think you've got to get him the ball, honestly, because I think it's a guy that can average 20 and 12. I see the floor. No need to. I'm 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 interested in the years ahead to uh, see what happens. I would suggest, and you love it when I say that. I would suggest no, that you love it when here. I say that. But I would suggest that um, you know, in addition to that, between the lines, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Getting him involved 
is a really smart approach, and hopefully he makes the offensive leap comparative to the defensive leap that he made this year. And he improved significantly defensively, and Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit for that. But it's what's between the years. Mm -hmm. And And that's what you don't know. And that's where Mike Bibby was a 1,000%. Mike Bibby came in here, and you're immediately wondering, like, because I I, I was at the Red-Blue game. I know you were at the Red-Blue game when he was the best player on the court. Yeah. And he saw things. Like, I thought that I was looking at, like, I don't want to say John Stockton. That's a weird comparison. But you're, you're on a you're on a, you're on a court with Michael Dickerson, Miles Simon, and uh, Jason Terry, and you are so much better than everybody else out there that it's not even close. I think there's this phrase where you see the game in slow motion. And Bibby that was, was him, a Maybe <laughs> was a I see the game in slow motion guy with with Aiton. What I'm what I was never concerned, and, and Bibby never, never gave us any reason to be concerned about this, was the mental aspect of his game. He was a clutch, solid player who was going to deliver. The verdict, the, the jury's out in regards to Aiton right now no in doubt. that regard. And you frankly, know he's be a good frankly throw, but this you is a guy who, in be. his one year at Arizona, played one tournament game in a game where they got obliterated by a much lesser team in uh, the NCAA tournament, and now you see him wilt at the professional level. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. That So that has to be improved. The talent is there. We all get the talent is there. Hopefully the offensive aspect will be there. But if the mental element doesn't improve as well, then maybe he won't be what he could be, which is better than Terry, better than Arenas, Better than Iguodala and the best would wild you agree cat that ever. He, would, let me ask you this, and we're, we, we're up against a tight break. Would you agree that he is the most physically gifted player that's ever oh, I think that's absolutely a would. I don't think anybody would disagree so with that. So it's up, DeAndre, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening, it's up to you, bro. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. By the way, two things, rockauto.com, DeAndre Ayton, and Built Bar. DeAndre Ayton, you're already utilizing that. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You're listening to Locked on Wildcats.